Amen. Amen. Well, today we get, uh, we're going to hear an incredible word. I already heard it in the 9 o'clock service, and I was blessed. And I just want to make this statement before I welcome Brother Ben, and that, that is this. Um, I know people who love ministry, and I know people who love people. I prefer being ministered to by people who love people than being ministered to by people who just love ministry. And there's a big difference. I'll tell you why. Because someone can love the process of ministry and not really care for people, just want people to do things and to serve in a certain way. And the church can become a factory, an organization about productivity. And nobody wants to be a part of that, right? But if you love people, if you love people, ministry comes easy because you're caring for people and you're serving people. There's one thing I can testify about today. Brother Ben Church loves people. He loves the people of God, and he ministers out of a place of loving us. And so the word is so good, and I can't wait to hear it again. Would you welcome with me Brother Ben as he shares the word with us this morning? Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's an honor and privilege to be here today. And a little guy just fell over there. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, just thanks for being here today. Uh, I just want to welcome you and just say, you know, the Lord loves you. Amen. If you don't get anything out of this today, anything else, but can you get today that God loves you? You, every single one of you. I wish I could make eye contact with every one of you and just say, God loves you. And he loves you enough that, that before you even knew it, before you even had a chance to believe, before you were even born, bef before any of that, that he died you, that he took everything that you would ever encounter of sin, of, of sickness, of, of just hurt and pain and suffering, he bore that. He had a plan just for you, and he would have done it. If only one of you would ever have responded, he would have done it. He would have gone to that cross. And so just receive that today. He loves you. Amen. He loves you. Uh, I'm just, I'm glad to be here today. Oh, one quick announcement, I think we might have missed it, was uh, there is a youth meeting right after this service in the first building. So if, if is it for camp? A parent meeting, parent meeting about camp, summer camp for the youth group. So if, if you have a youth that possibly can go to camp this summer or wants to go or needs to find out more information, there's a meeting right after this service in the first building. So we're going to be there. We're going to have a good time. Okay, so today I'm going to uh, talk about, if I had a... Uh, uh, title for this would be Consider What God Says and Does, and it, hopefully it piggybacks up onto what Pastor Carlos has been talking about for the past couple months on the subject of faith, and I grew up in, in a, a faith-filled household. I grew up listening to messages of faith and the Word of Faith movement, you might say. I was kind of involved in that, and uh, so it was, it's been really refreshing to me to to revisit faith, because sometimes you you talk about other things and you get off into you know other topics and things uh, but faith has a very dear place in my heart just because that's how I was raised and uh, and and we had to live by faith you know the just shall live by faith so we got to understand you know what that is and how we can live by faith makes sense to me uh, so I'm going to compare two gospel stories and we're going to compare and contrast the Jesus feeding the 5,000 he also fed 4,000 later on actually it was more than 5,000 to 4,000 it's just the men. I don't know why they, why, you know, I wonder why they did that. They didn't count the women and children in it, but, they, you know, 5,000 men, but whatever. We're going to talk about that, and then we're also going to uh, contrast and compare with the woman with the issue of blood story. 
So hopefully uh, there's simplistic stories, very simple but powerful in application on, on what we can do with what God has for us. Uh, how many, and so talking about faith, how many know that there is wishful thinking, right? There's hopefulness. There is positive belief. There's a belief that all, that's innate to all human beings, a belief system. There's confession, positive confession, positive speaking. And each one of those has their place. Each one of those is important to life. We use them and live in them every day of our lives. But they're not faith. So faith is something different than just having a hope, than just having a simplistic belief. Uh, I can believe that if I sit in this chair, it's not going to collapse. That's a belief. And, and I can act on that, and, you know, and, but it's not faith. So there's something that comes from God, and it's called faith. And it's a, it's a powerful belief. It's a special belief that comes from God. So here's my definition of what I like to, to call it. Supernatural belief in what God says, and it comes from God, and it's with the purpose of empowering you to carry out that belief unto success or to, to get fruit out of that belief. In other words, you don't just have a, a supernatural belief for no reason, just to believe in something. It's actually to get you somewhere. So when you responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've responded to that gospel, you heard that message and faith arose in your heart, and suddenly you believed in something that a minute before you didn't believe in, you believed that Jesus died on the cross for you. Yeah. You believe that he rose from the dead, that he's seated on high, and that he's made a way from you to pass from death unto life. So here you were in a moment of belief, of faith. And what did you do? You acted on that. It was to get you to that place of salvation, get you to be a new creature, a new creation in, created in Christ Jesus and righteousness and everything Pastor talked about this morning, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. That's what faith is for. It wasn't just so that you, I feel good now, I believe in Jesus. No, it's to actually change you into something. Amen. So that's what faith is, and we're going to talk about that today. So our scripture, our first passage of scripture, is in Mark chapter 6. And the verses are 30 through 52. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 52. Where's Tamara? I need her to yell out something. Where is she? Is she? There you go. There you go. <laughs> read the Bible. <laughs> Let's read. The apostles returned. Okay, hey, hey, hold up, hold up. Put the brakes on already. I already forgot something. Let me put some context into this passage of Scripture. So uh, do you remember when Jesus sent out the 12 and he anointed them and he gave them power and he also sent out the 72? And what did he, he, he said, I want you, I'm going to put power on you and authority and you're going to go do basically what I've been doing for these past you know, year or so, however long. And you're going to go preach the gospel and you're going to go heal the sick and you're going to go raise the dead and you're going to go open the eyes of the blind and, and you're going to go, you don't take anything extra. Don't bring extra pair of clothes. Don't bring extra money because you're going to see that God's going to provide for you on this trip. He said, freely you have received, go freely give. You're not going to charge anything. You're just going to go and do what I've been doing. And he gave him power and authority to do that. So th after they went and did that, and they saw, they testified, yeah, 
Uh, he's like, did you lack anything? They said, we lacked nothing. That means they had places to stay. They had things to eat. They had clothes to wear. All supernaturally, God provided. They saw the dead raised, the, the sick healed, the gospel preached. And so now they're coming back, and we're picking it up right when they come back from that. So let's start reading in 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And then they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And then they said to him, Well, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate of the loaves were 5,000 men, plus women and children. I'll add that in there. Imme let's continue. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, or about between 3 and 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But he immediately spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word that just rightly divides our hearts. Father, I just pray for your word today that it would just cut to the quick, that it would minister unto us, that it would redirect our thoughts and change our ways, Lord. Father, may we have open hearts before you. Would you speak to us, Lord, and may we just hear your voice, and would we... Respond today in faith to what you have to share with us, Lord, that we may grow more in the grace that you've prepared for us. Thank you for this people. I ask your blessing on them and your blessing on this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So all that story, and I want to focus on one little key verse, uh, on two verses, 51 and 52, the last two. I'm going to read that again. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. I've read that portion of Scripture maybe, I don't know, 50, 100 times. 
And just this past few weeks, uh, as I've been spending some time in Mark, that those two verses like jumped out at me. Like, wait a minute. He's relating this whole situation with them on the boat and being afraid and, and not being able to make it through to the other side and not, you know, realizing that it's him walking on the water, he's relating to that and their utter amazement in that fact that they couldn't even comprehend it. And he's relating it back to not understanding the, the, what just happened that day before with the fish and the loaves and that miracle that took place. That's strange to me. You know, I'm like, okay, there's got to be more to this. If we can bring up the next passage, the same uh, verses in the King James, I'll read it over here. So I love the King James language. Uh, let me read that to you. It says, And he went up into them, unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They were sore amazed in themselves. Have you ever been so amazed at something or so like dumbfounded that it like hurt, like your, your brain like just couldn't comprehend it? They were sore amazed and they just could, they couldn't even comprehend that this man, like the, the wind and the waves obey him, like he's walking on water. And Mark leaves out the passage, the little portion that uh, in Matthew of that Peter actually jumped out of the boat too and walked a little bit and then started to sink and they both walked back. But that's part of that story too. But Mark doesn't highlight that here. Because he's relating back to the, their hardness of heart. There's a reason why they're not comprehending. And so the, the, the main passage here is that the disciples had a hardened heart. And we've got to spend a little, just a few moments on that. Because I would challenge you today that we all have a hardened heart to a degree or another. And you might be saying, oh, hang on, Ben. I don't have a hardened heart. I think we, we probably do. Let's, let's put that in some different, more some different words that we maybe can comprehend a little bit better or understand. A hardened heart, maybe there's a wall up in your heart in a certain area that's keeping God out. Maybe there's a scar on your heart. Maybe something happened to you and you've got some, a barrier up. And you know what? You might not even know it. You might not even know it. But when you have a hardened heart, do you remember that scripture that Jesus says in Mark 4, and he's, he's quoting Isaiah, where he says that they've got seeing eyes, they, they're ever seeing but never seeing, that they have ears to hear but they never hear. Because if they were to hear, if they were to see, they would be converted. They would be healed. They would be forgiven of their sins. Those are all parts of that passage. So when... So for some reason, they, they were hearing the same words that Jesus heard, right? But for some reason, it wasn't penetrating. It wasn't making a difference or bringing those results that God wants. Because God wants you to have all that he has for you. Just like we sang today, he's going to kick down the walls, kick out the lies, tear down the mountains, whatever it is to get to you, okay? But it's up to us to re be able to respond and open the door when he's there knocking. So the disciples, does it mean if they have a hardened heart that they were rebellious against Jesus? No. So don't think that if I say we all have a hardened heart, that, oh, I'm not rebellious against the Lord or, or I'm not holding back something from the Lord. They didn't realize it. Here were men laying hands on the sick and seeing him recover. Here they were preaching the gospel and seeing lives change, the kingdom of God being 
manifested right around them. The dead were raised. Demons were cast out. And they were, they were just hungry for everything Jesus They ate up everything Jesus said, and yet they had a hardened heart. So there's something there that we really have to grasp and understand that it's not necessarily a condemning thing to have a hardened heart in the sense of, I'm not being rebellious. I, I want the things of the Lord. But sometimes our hearts are hardened. We don't even realize it. I'll just I'll use my own example. I'll tell on myself. When I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, even in th- early 30s, you know, I'm ashamed of the way that I acted many times. I just I thought I had it all figured out, you know. I thought I, could, I was more about the ministry than the people. So even though Pastor Carlos you know, graciously said that about me, I didn't used to be like that. And, and thank, thank the Lord by His grace that He's gotten me out of that and moving me in the right direction. But I used to be more about the ministry and less about people. I even said, to, you know, I, even said well, I love the ministry, but I sure hate the people. How, how can you say that? I said that kind of stuff, you know? When, when you are why we are here, the world is why we are here. For God so loved the world that he gave, not God so loved his own kingdom that he gave. No, he loved the world that he gave his only very son, you know? And, and so, so I just, I had a hardened heart towards the Lord. You know, when I think about the way that I treated people, even I treated my wife, I'm just embarrassed, I'm ashamed. You know, thank God I'm forgiven for that, and I, I'm past it, you know, working past that. But, I, you know, I just remember just treating people even in, in church, and, you know, like Pastor shared in that story with his, his friend Reuben, you know, I was exactly like that, exactly like that, just having a religious spirit, and, you know, you know I'd be offended at people, you know. And I, it was just really shameful. That, but you know what? I didn't even realize it. I didn't even know I had a hardened heart. I thought I was doing right. I thought it was like a righteous indignation, you know. I was such a fool, you know. I thought I had zeal, but I really had no knowledge, and so I was a fool, you know. And, and so th- <laughs> I thank the Lord that actually, like, coming to this church over the past, you know, four or so years um, has really changed my perspective, you know, in, in many things. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord. Like, one thing Pastor Carl said to me one time, he told me a story because we were talking about altar calls. I'm like, Pastor, you know, I need help on altar calls because I didn't grow up in a church that had altar calls very much. Just once in a great while. Sometimes on a Sunday night, if we had an evangelistic type service, we'd have an evangelism, you know, type altar call. And every so often, you know, someone, they'd call for like, if people who are sick, you know, come up to the front and we'll, we'll pray for you. That, that was like our altar call, you know. I, could, I, grew, I grew up in the Assemblies of God. I could probably count on one hand the amount of people I got born again in like, first 10 years of my life now that's sad because like you know people get i've seen like more here than like my whole life combined you know in one year so uh so he pastor said to me uh, a mentor or uh, he asked a mentor one time like how do i know if i'm backslidden you know what's a what's a sign and this mentor said when you stop responding to altar calls if you stop responding to altar calls, you know, kind of, it's kind of like a red flag. Hey, something might not be right. And I thought, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, how can that be, you know? How can that be, Pastor? Like, I just thought about it. Like, it doesn't seem like, because I really didn't respond to altar calls. So it's like in defense of myself, you know? Like, well, I think I'm okay, you know? And, and so I started contemplating that. You know, like the, like the disciples here, it says, they did not consider 
the miracle. They did not consider what had just happened the day before, so their heart was hardened. Even that, even that concept like, kind of blows your mind. Like, like they were right there, and yet they didn't even consider what they had just witnessed. You know, so I had to consider like what Pastor said. Like, boy, should I be responding to altar calls? Like, why would I re- be responding to altar calls? Wh- you know, what's the benefit? Like, did I so I started praying about it. I really started considering it. Like, yeah, like if if I'm not responding to what was just spoken, you know, if God's stirring something into your heart, there should be some response. And we're gonna in a few minutes just talk more about that, but. If I'm never responding or putting any action or any type of prayer or response to what I had just heard, I'm just kind of letting it slip away. You know, I'm not appreciating it, and I'm not reaping the benefits of what that message was just spoken about. Not only that, but then I'm not down where people need prayer either. You know, I'm just kind of like stepping back away from what God is really doing. And so that opened up my eyes to like what, what the altar calls are really about. And so then I started like, just even responding, even when I felt like I shouldn't respond. Like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to, you know, just to kind of get in the habit. I had to just get in the habit of it, like, because it wasn't part of who I was. And so I'm so thankful for the altar call, so I'd encourage you to respond, you know. But that was, that was a hardness of my heart. Was I in rebellion? Not necessarily. But I had to come to a place, and, and I'm just so thankful the past few years that God has softened my heart, and I've come to a place where I've said, Lord, I, I've probably got a hardened heart here. Would you... Would you help me with it? Just that very fact of just admitting it. One more story, a witness for, for myself, is uh, sometimes that hardened heart or those walls we put up in our heart are from a wound, and you're not even ready to deal with it. And then sometimes you can get rebellious in it, don't get me wrong, but other times you're just ignorant of it, and God's protecting you. And through step-by-step, year-by-year, he's leading you to a place where you, you're going to get to of healing and health and strength, okay? So in my life, I dealt with something for 41, 42 years almost, 40 years, let's say. Never even really knew it. But over the past year, God was really like, like impressing something on my heart, like he's leading me in this certain way, and he has, I have to deal with these certain issues. I'm not going to go into them all, but... And I didn't even really comprehend it. I didn't even understand that it was affecting me that way. And uh, I might have shared this before, but during the men's retreat this year, we had different prayer groups that we would have throughout the time. And the very last night, the very last time we had the prayer group, and uh, I think Brother Brian especially, he prayed for me. And I, and I just offered that up. I said, God's been dealing with something in my heart. And, and, and I'm not even sure exactly where he's taken me in this, but I want to be open to where he's taken me. Would you pray with me, brothers, about that? Because it, it's hindering me. It's affecting all the areas of my life. And they powerfully prayed with me that night. And it put, and it, I tell you, it released something in me. And uh, through that, because of that one circumstance of having an open heart and being ready now, after all these years, to confront something I didn't even really know about, but knowing something was wrong, and finally having the, the, just the courage you know, from the Lord, the boldness just to say, Lord, help me, you know? And having these brothers come around me and pray this prayer, that just like a couple months later, through a different, pro- a, a, a profound revelation was revealed. There's something that happened to me when I was a child, never even knew. And now that I look back and say, oh my goodness, it affected this, 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 and this. 
And now I'm at a place where I can deal with it after like 40 years. I mean, it, it, that's crazy. But it was a hardened heart because of a wound that happened to me when I was just a child. So we just have to have an open heart towards the Lord is, is my point. Amen. Okay. So let's turn one page back to chapter 5 in Mark. And let's quickly read this passage of the woman with the issue, issue of blood. It's a very simplistic passage and concise it's one of the most powerful for me passages just because it shows a very simple response to God's word and the power of the Lord uh, with awesome results. So let's pick that up in verse Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said unto him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This passage is very powerful, just... Uh, just on how the Word of God works, how our response to the Word of God works, and how the power of God works. Uh, it's just such a beautiful passage. It's, it's one of my like main scriptures of my life, just to live by and just to, that inspires me. And I tell you, I just would love to model my life after this lady. You know, a man modeling his, what? A man modeling his wife after, yeah. <laughs> if I could live like this every day, I, I think I'd do well. So let's quickly talk about, so what, what happened? Number one, she heard the gospel. So we're comparing her to the disciples. The disciples, they lived the gospel. They preached the gospel. They, you know, but they had a hardened heart. And here we see a lady. She could have had a hardened heart, couldn't she? And here she is suffering with something 12 years, just a torture, just a, a misery, just a suffering. And then she spent everything she had trying to get better at all these different crazy doctors. They're torturing her with crazy, insane treatments, you know, probably putting leeches all over. And, you know, I have, you know who knows what they did back in those days, you know. I mean, even some of our treatments today are <laughs> seem like torture sometimes, don't they? But sometimes it's necessary. And so here she was going through all these crazy treatments. She was, she was down to her last dollar, and she wasn't even any better. She was worse. Not only was she still sick, but then she, you know, had all the side effects from all this crazy treatment and no money. So she had no hope. If anybody would seem like they should have a hardened heart, it seems like it would be her. And maybe that's been you. That's been me a few times. Seems like I've done everything I can try to do. Seems like I've prayed every prayer. Seems like I've tried to read any scripture and, and pay any money and search any help and get the wisdom from a thousand counselors and, and it just never works. And it seems like you're with, with no hope. But something special happened to this lady. And it says that she had heard the reports about Jesus. 
Someone preached the gospel to her. Someone represented Jesus to her. Someone said, hey, there's a guy. And I heard him in the synagogue, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. She's like, well, I fall into that category. And the Spirit of the Lord is, is to bind up the brokenhearted. Well, hey, that's me too. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to set at liberty the captives. Yeah, I feel like I'm bound to this situation. That's me. And to preach uh, deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and the acceptable year of the Lord. And he's saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and I'm seeing people healed and their lives changed. And she, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And someone preached that to her. And what happens when you hear the gospel of Jesus? Faith comes in your heart. Now, you may not deal with that faith at the time. You may walk away. But if there's a defining moment when faith arises in your heart, and you're going to do, and you did just what this lady did, she responded to it by speaking and doing, you became a new creature. You passed from death unto life. You were on the road to hell, now you're on the road to heaven. Forever, eternally changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that powerful. It's the power of God unto salvation. Someone preached that to her. And so faith rose in her heart. And then what did she do? Number two, she believed and she considered. So unlike the, the apostles who just said, yeah, he just, he just like did a crazy miracle that no one's ever heard of before, and it's still like even to this day is like, it just blows your mind, you know. He took a five loaves and two fish, and somehow he fed like thousands and thousands of people. Eh, just another day with Jesus. That's how they treated it. Whoa. She wasn't like them. She considered that. Wow, he's a healing master. He's a prophet, uh, and he's preaching to all of Israel. And Yeah. And what did she do? She believed and she considered and there's a final thing that she did. She was obedient to that word that she heard. See, God requires obedience. There's a little bit of something, you know, on our part that we have to do. She spoke and she acted. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. That's a supernatural belief that you can't just say on your own. Uh, if I pick up this purse, I'm going to have a million dollars in it. It's my wife's purse, so I would get the million too, right? <laughs> no, you can't just say that. Like, you know, people have tried. I've heard of guys, you know, it's just, it just doesn't work. But there's something when you respond, a, a belief that God gave you, he wants you to respond in faith. He wants you to put action to it. He wants you to say, when, when she heard that she could be healed, and this man, the power's going out of him. She said, well, if I just touch even just his garment, I will be made well. She couldn't say that in herself. That was the faith speaking. And then she did something even further. She went and actually did it. So she was an unclean woman. She was not supposed to be out in public, in the general public. And she defied the odds. She defied the traditions and the law. Because there was something that was going to make her better and change her life. And so she pressed through this crazy crowd of people. And you notice, like, no one else was getting healed at that time. They're all thronging Jesus and mobbing him and trying to get close to him and shoulder to shoulder and all this stuff. Uh, but there was one woman 
pressing through that crowd. You could just probably see her with her head down, just kind of weaving her way through, just working her out. You know, she had to go around this way because there's too many people, and she was just, you know. And she touched his garments. <laughs> and she instantly felt like electricity or whatever jump from Jesus into her. Oh, and she knew, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I just I came into the presence of the you know, Holy One, and I'm healed. And even Jesus experienced, like he knew, oh, something just, somebody just touched me. Somebody in faith just touched me. And that power went into her and healed her. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And then what did she do? After all, uh, a sister Diane said this to me after first service. She said, you know what then she did? She worshiped the Lord after that. She fell, be- she fell before him just in fear and in trembling and told him the truth and was just worshiping him, so thankful. And then Jesus' sweet response. Man, Jesus, I love Jesus so much. Daughter. Mm. I mean, could you just imagine that? He just grabs her up. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You're healed of your disease. Uh, it's just a beautiful picture, a story of God speaking to us, us believing and considering that. Faith arising in our hearts. Then we start speaking, echoing what God has already spoken. We start speaking that, and then we start doing that. And then then lastly, it's important to be so close to Jesus. To hang on to Him. Be near Him. Because it's His power mixed with the faith that He gives you, and your action brings forth the result. Every time. Every time. He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us on our own. But He gives us the desire. He gives us the faith. He gives us the ability to act. And then He gives us the power to bring the results. And then we just worship Him. So I challenge you today. Number one, admit that you have a hardened heart. At least the possibility of it. Be open to that. Say, yeah, yeah, there's, there's things, Lord, that you need to deal with me with. And I'm open to it. Never feel like you've got it all figured out or that you're above everybody else. No, just walk in humility. Be open to the Lord. Maybe there's something he wants to deal in your life. He wants to heal something in your heart. Maybe he wants to share with you a new revelation, but you've got to understand some other things first. Are you open to that today? Maybe there's testimonies that you need to start considering of miracles that are happening all around you. Maybe in your own life, you've got to start going back and remembering the time God moved here and here and provided there and came through over here. Maybe in your family, the times you've got to consider what God has really done and saved you and provided so many times. Or what's been going on in this church. Or maybe it's the word that you need to start spending time in considering what God is speaking right here. I mean, it's like it's the wisdom of eternity right here on these pages. It's time to consider it. And then it's time to believe it. And it's time to start speaking it and start acting on it. And you'll see God's power at work. Amen. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I just pray that our hearts would be open before you. I pray for response from all the people, Lord. Whether it's today or tomorrow or or next week. But Father, they would make a commitment to seek after you with all their hearts, with all their soul, and with all their strength. 
that they would praise you every day, Lord, and draw near to you because you are the source of life. And only you can make the way. We can try in our own strength like many times we have before, Lord. We can spend all the money that we have, try to figure it out, stay up all night weeping, Lord. But, Father, only you make the joy come in the morning. So, Father, I just pray that today, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you've never responded to the message that Jesus is Lord, and today you want to make that commitment, you say, yeah, it makes sense that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for me, and I don't want to have to put up with sin anymore in my life. I don't want to be on the road to hell anymore when there's a better plan for me. And if you've never responded to that, to that before, would you raise your hand right now? I want to pray with you. If you want to respond to the Lord Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, raise your hand right now and we will pray together. Because if you confess that Jesus is Lord, you can confess that in your life right now. Jesus, you are my Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's the simplicity of our first response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Get on the path to heaven. <laughs> it's worth it. Well, maybe you're like the, the disciples, like I was. Maybe your heart's hard. Maybe there's been walls built up over time. Maybe there's scars on your heart that you don't even know the ramifications of, and you need prayer today. These altars are open for you. I invite you to come forward. We're going to pray with you and deal with the issues of your heart. Maybe you're like the woman with the issue of blood. Maybe you're in a place where it seems like there's no way or no hope. The altars are open here today for you because there is a way. There is hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. So please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Lord, would you pray with us? Yes, Lord, we don't want our hearts to be hard before your presence. And again, the altars are open. If you need prayer, would you come up to the altar right now? Just respond and say, Lord, I don't want my heart to grow hard before your presence. I want to have a heart that's pliable before you. I want to say yes to the way that you're speaking into my life. And You know, when that person said that to me, you know, how do I know if I'm back? And he says, when you're not responding to altar calls, and what that meant was not just physically responding to the altar call, but responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Right? responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Maybe throughout this week, the Lord's been convicting you about something. Today, in response to that, you got to come up and say, Lord, I want to respond to you. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? We'd love to pray with you. The altar workers will come up. We'd love for you to uh, help us pray here for the people who are up here. All those who are, are here, if you can come up and pray. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Tamara, if you can help me pray. Tour Monica, if you can help me pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And as we're praying here, also maybe you're here and you need physical healing in your life. We, you know, there's something that you're struggling with and you want healing in your life. We welcome you to come to the altar. We'd love to pray and partner with you. Amen.
Let me pray with you as we dismiss, and then we'll be ministering here at the altar. I'm just going to bless you today, church. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you. May the face of the Lord shine on you. May your spirit be sensitive to the person of the Holy Spirit, that you may know when he leaves, that you may know when you bless him, that you may know when you grieve him. May you be in tune with God this week and all the days of your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And God bless you. The altars are open if you need prayer.